Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is Raja, who I'm sure you're familiar with. She's my biological sister. We just competed on All Stars together, and she's one of my oldest, dearest drag friends. We're going to talk about everything from the wine brand she's launching because, duh. Uh, We also talk about what a tour with the two of us might be like. And we share many candid stories from our long and storied friendship. All today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some new Hi Jinx. M. Oh. Mom! everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by makeup artist, Yogi, queen of She Already Done Had Herses. <laughs> My sister and dear friend, Raja. Hi, Raja. Hi, Jinx. (laughs) Did I do it right? Yeah, you did it right. How are you you doing? Um, Okay, so first of all, congratulations, Queen. She already done had hers. Um, Have you already got the money? Is it gone? (laughs) Yeah, uh, no, the money, uh, (laughs) most of it is gone. Most of it's gone. I spent most of it on, I spent spent most of it on human hair lace fronts, three of them. (laughs) Uh, But otherwise, it feels wonderful to be, you know, second fiddle to you any day, any day, you know. (laughs) You know, as a long time Raja fan and a long time friend of yours, I got to say it was, and I think all of the sister winners from our season would agree wholeheartedly. And we always talk about this when we all like get together for press or whatever, but it is so nice to see the young generation worshiping at the altar of Raja. Uh, it's so nice to see the Drag Race fans who are newer to the the saga as it continues. Um, it, it, it's nice to see them go through their Raja renaissance like we all did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, same to you. Fuck, you were on <laughs> almost as long as I was. So, you know, all of a sudden... <laughs> 
all of a sudden there's an entirely like actual generation of like mm-hmm. kids who are watching this who are watching us and are marveling at what drag could be once again mm-hmm. you know yeah. i think i think it's it's drag has become it's such an industry that's become so formulaic and and um you know <laughs> excuse me lots of copycats and lots of you know it's hard to to to, to tell who is who anymore but uh you know um but we you know it's nice for them to see drag done um the way we do it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, that's why they had to bring in some of the OGs. Um, here's my thing though, is I didn't ever realize how, I mean, I guess I think a lot about how long ago it was, but it's Mm -hmm. never really like played a factor in my life. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't take a lot of time to take stock on the fact that like season 14 just happened. That's like nine seasons away from my season (laughs) and 11 seasons away from yours. I'm like, that's a long time. That's like a decade. Cause I still remember season five, like it was yesterday. So when, Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, do you feel the same way about season three? Are the memories still vivid? Do you still wake up in a cold sweat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it does feel like yesterday um, because you know, as the old saying goes, time flies when you're having fun, and 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 that's that's really what it's what it's been for the last eleven years, at least for me. It's been I've been having a great time, and and just kind of coasting along and loving what I'm doing, and I forget that time eleven years has flown by, and it's kind of a you know it's a, it's a strange concept, but you know I can't believe I graduated high school thirty years ago, you know, <laughs> so I don't know, not like I I feel like every day I'm, I try to be so present and what i'm doing and just have so much fun that time flies and i don't you know i it, it's 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 baffling to, to do to do the math of time and chronology it's like what the fuck it's a lot that's a lot of time and, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it Mm-mm. Yeah, it does not feel like as much time as it's been and you know time flies when you're having fun and that's true even when you're not having fun i'd say because <laughs> There have definitely been hard moments in the last 10 years for me. There's definitely been ups and downs, but I'm still ultimately doing exactly what I dreamed about doing in life. So even Mm -hmm. the hard moments are like, I'm even grateful for the hard moments because they're the hard Mm -hmm. moments that come with living my living my fantasy, you know, like, like mm-hmm. carrying out my life's ambition. Um, I, have yeah, to I, I, I agree <laughs> with you with that a, a thousand percent because it hasn't been easy. It has been fun. It has not been easy. It has been, uh, you know, trying to kind of stay afloat, to stay relevant, to <laughs> stay, uh, to stay, um, you know, to, to just be there and be present in it sometimes is, is just, it's, difficult but yeah you're absolutely right it's the thing that we love to do and sometimes with that comes some frustrations and hard times um for sure what have been for you um what have been some of the biggest differences between um not just like uh doing the show the first time versus you know when we did all stars seven but what's it been like post show and how has it been different like i want to know 
have you been able to walk down the street without getting stopped? Because for the last two or three weeks, I can't go nowhere. <laughs> nowhere <laughs> safe. Yeah, because be careful what you ask for. You know, I mean, we 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 signed up for this job and show business and with hopes of, of, of being recognized and that's exactly what's happening. And yeah, it has been, there's been a lot, a lot more than, than, than before, you know? Um, but I, I still, I love it. I love it when people come up to me and it, sometimes it's inconvenient. I might be at an airport and I'm exhausted <laughs> from the night before, or I'm, you know, walking in my pajamas to the liquor store down the street. In Koreatown. <laughs> it happens. There's a lot of queer people around here and not just queer people, but there's a lot of young people who watch the show and, and now I have to like actually wear underwear to the liquor store. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's definitely the difference. It's you know, but I love it. I love I love I love that little feeling of like, yeah, I, I you know I am famous. <laughs> I'm totally famous. <laughs> I have gotten to a place where I'm very content to take pictures. You know, I always insist on taking a selfie because mm. then I get to see what I look like before mm. the picture's taken. I'm in control of the angles and the lighting. And I find that it's very, very easy to say hello to strangers and, and be polite and cordial and take a picture if I can if I can control the situation. But the only times that like stresses me out is let's say I'm like in line and uh, in line at a restaurant or something and I'm trying to pay and then someone's recognizing me and the teller doesn't have any idea why this like person is freaking out that I'm standing there. They're just waiting for me to give them the money and like take my number or whatever, you know, like. Yeah. I, it's it's hard to navigate when like a lot's going on but otherwise i'm i'm i feel very chill about the whole like getting recognized in public i feel like yeah. because i'm stoned a lot more recently it's been really <laughs> easy to just have like funny little um you know two minute interactions with strangers <laughs> on the street <laughs> yeah I, I always try to be pretty i'm pretty generous about that i'm, I'm trying to, to be never snotty uh unless of course i'm with somebody or you know if, unless like a fan will come up and disrupt the friends that i'm with and say hey will you take a picture of me and your famous friend and that always feels very like it feels a little obnoxious and kind of like you know no let, let's just take a selfie here let me yeah. use my long arms so we can get a, so we can get a good distance all right there you go and then i pat them on uh, on their backside and scoot them away thank <laughs> you very them much on their way. buy my merch there you go <laughs> now a big part of why you do have the legendary status amongst fellow legends and part of why all the queens love to kiss the rings of Raja is because you have had a very um, successful, colorful career um, long before uh, Drag Race. Um, you've been a makeup artist to the stars for, mm -hmm. I, I want to say, most of your life at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember it's not, it wasn't just me blowing smoke up your ass, but I remember being a young which you, which you, baby you've queen. also done. <laughs> which I've also done because it hits you faster. Um, <laughs> um, 
I I definitely I I told you on the season. I've told you many times in my life, but um, uh, I was a young baby queen watching America's Next Top Model, and um, when you were on with Dita Von Teese in full drag, I was just so astounded. And it was one of the first times that I had ever seen a drag queen on TV who was actually. It was you and Willem are the first two drag queens I saw on TV that were actual drag queens and not like someone playing a drag queen. And Willem was on the show Street Smarts and you were on the show America's Next Top Model. And that was extremely formative for me. So how how do you carry that crown? How does your neck not break under the weight of your own (laughs) reputation? You're so fucking dumb. That's so funny. I, uh, no, I, I honestly don't really think about it very much. I don't think, I mean, I know I'm aware that once upon a time I was on America's Next Top Model. People mention it to me all the time. They, when they come up to me, they always say, oh my gosh, I've loved you since America's Next Top Model. And, um, you know, um, I'm aware of it, but I, I don't really think about it that much because what, whenever I do in my life, I just take everything one day at a time, you know, and I realize that I didn't do that. Um, what I'm most appreciative about, about that experience itself is the fact that I got to see the world, the things that I learned, the people that I met. I was just talking to my boyfriend um, just uh, earlier today about how uh, we, were, we were watching something on Netflix and Fabio, you know, Fabio, the romance novel guy mm-hmm. with the long blonde hair. He was on TV and I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I worked with Fabio. I like spent an entire <laughs> day with him and he was such a, he was such a wonderful, like nice, very professional man. And it took me back to that moment because the girls had to do this photo shoot where it was all, um, the theme of it was uh, romance novel covers. And so they all had to model with Fabio, who at the time was in his like mid to late fifties, and the girls were all like eighteen. So it all kind of, they were all like, you know, they're like this 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 long haired Italian man is as old as my dad, if not my grandpa. And I, I just remember, I remember those experiences. I remember uh, shooting on the Great Wall of China, which was a huge undertaking, and not only at the Great Wall of China, but also at the Forbidden City. We did an entire scene there you know and uh uh, you know there there were so many experiences or or like when i uh, shot with the elephants in thailand and uh you know the uh uh, we did one in spain where we did a bullfighting thing you know all these things a little problematic now but at the time they were very they were very much you know it was they were once in a lifetime experiences and i'm i'm very appreciative of it And and i don't I don't think of it as, as the crown that that weighs heavy. I just think it's just it's just life experience, and and it just kind of happened that way because because I was open enough to it, and yeah. you know I I wanted it bad enough, and I and I surrounded myself with the people who could who could help me get to those places, and I was you know for instance Matthew Anderson who I was assisting on America's Next Top Model first. And then eventually I took over his job um, because of some contractual things that, that happened with his agency. And so, you know, so it, it, one thing just takes you to the next thing and you mm-hmm. just be open to it and be open to the people that you meet and um, be, you know, at least 98% polite until, <laughs> uh, until, uh, until otherwise provoked. And then, and then let that 2% hit hard. But mostly, be cool to people, and then you get places, you know? It's really, really quite simple. Yeah. 
You know, it's always been the thing that I admire about you the most. And I think the thing that I like try to learn from you the most is your calming, chill energy. And you've just <laughs> always been that person in my life. And there's always been times where we've been like gigging together and I just operate on stress. Like if I were like a steam engine, stress would be the charcoal that you like shovel into <laughs> my uh -huh. engine. Um, and I just know there's been so many times where I've been sitting there fretting about one thing or another. And you'll just kind of look at me and shake your head and be like, Oh, it's so funny, Jinx. You get so worked up. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? But, Jinx, <laughs> totally. But, but Jinx, you've also, you've also seen the other side of me, too. When I, oh, like, yeah. When, oh, honey. Yeah, the, other, the other side is, is really, that's where the, the Dr. Jekyll and, and the Hyde <laughs> coming through. And he, yeah, it's it's two different people. And again, once that 2% is provoked, but most, most of the time, I am pretty chill. So... Yeah. I just like it that way. Like, let's, let's just have a fucking fun time. Whatever. Dude. Like, I don't like to be stressed. I, I wonder if that energy and that um, attitude, and, which is very, very genuine for you. It never feels like an affectation. It, it is not something you put on. You are just that person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that kind of stems out of having the life experiences you were talking about, especially like, you know, younger in life. You very much have the energy of someone who has seen a lot, done a lot, and... Um, Maybe that's why not a lot gets to you these days, because you're like you've got a grander scope of the world. Mm -hmm. You and especially as someone you know um, coming from a different culture than mm -hmm. learning the American culture, which is so much a hodgepodge of other cultures, <laughs> and mm -hmm. then you travel around the world, so you've just experienced a lot. And I feel like that contributes to you being able to be kind of grounded and centered in a way that yeah. um, uh, drag queens aren't typically known for. <laughs> but I think I think I adopt. I don't know how I just kind of adopted that behavior and philosophy. I, I started doing that pretty early. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my mom used to get really mad at me because mm -hmm. she was a she was a very like I don't even know what her um, what her charts are, but she was. Full-fledged Virgo, <laughs> and I am a full-on Gemini, and you know, and she would get so tedious and and detail-oriented about stuff, and I, you know, this is me probably like not, I'm like nine years old, and she would say something to me, and I would go whatever, yeah, because that's really how I feel, and it would drive her insane you know because i just i was like whatever like if it doesn't you know if something doesn't work figure it out you know um uh, and also maybe i'm just a little bit spoiled with 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 um the, the talent of resourcefulness because i i believe that if you can't find one way to do it there's where and this is another thing that my mother taught me where there's a will there's a way you know so you know, I, I I would maybe sometimes throw that back at her by saying whatever, but that's really what I meant. I'm like, well, if it's not done your way, then there's another way to do it. You know, yeah. so let's just figure it out. Everyone chill. 
enjoy the day, smoke a little weed, drink a little wine. That, okay. And that reminds me of one of my very favorite stories of you. And we were just rimming, reminiscing about this. Rimming? We were just rimming about this recently. <laughs> but um, uh, it was when you and I did L.A. Pride together. You and I sat on the back of a convertible. I had flown in that morning, like overnight from San Francisco. I stayed in drag from the gig before because there was no way I was going to like get into drag again that morning at like 6 a.m. So I show up. I'm cranky. Um, me and my best friend were like bickering because we were both underslept and irritable and you saw us and you said whoa you two need to take a sip of this champagne and you handed us some champagne and we took a sip (laughs) then you said now take a hit of this joint and we took a hit of that joint and it was like our moods just 180 (laughs) suddenly i was like pride (laughs) and you knew we just needed something to change our perspective and and it's something that i love about you is you always find what's fun about the situation you know like even in the most like uh i mean of course we all had our times on all-star seven where the pressure was getting to us or whatever was going on that day was getting to us but more Mm -hmm. often than not you were just like isn't this fun isn't it fun that we get to do this crazy (laughs) shit yeah i mean a lot of it too is like well yeah a lot of it is me just kind of psyching myself out if i say it out loud maybe to a a group of people maybe i'll believe it as well (laughs) um but yeah that that shit wasn't easy it was really really hard and there were times when i was just like you know what whatever (laughs) (laughs) whatever we're here we're doing it let's just kind of see how far we can enjoy the process rather than been completely stressing out. Although, yeah, I did stress out quite a bit as well. But whatever, <laughs> it's, so it's, all, it's all behind us. It's yeah, all behind. it is nice to have it behind us because, um, yeah, that was a whole year of it, it was first a a lot of it was like a year and a half because first the preparing, then the filming, mm-hmm. then the waiting, which was excruciating, and then mm-hmm. the season airing, which was like every week a brand new like um, influx of energy, and now yeah. and now I just feel like. I feel like dusting off my hands and being like, that was a lot of fun. That was really good. Now I can't wait to get back to work. That's, that's pretty much been my attitude, except I am exhausted. I've been going a little, I've been going a little nonstop lately. I finally got home to my cats and they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit that I'm home. (laughs) How long were you away? Five weeks, which isn't the worst, but my cat withholds affection. It's like she will be mad at me for five weeks because I was gone for five weeks. So I'll need to be home <laughs> for six weeks before she starts being nice to me again. <laughs> oh, my God. How fucking cute. But I'm glad you're home. I'm glad you're comfortable and, and safe. And you're probably working on new stuff, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Dale and I will be working on our holiday show very, very soon. Um, uh, we are selling very well, so everyone, if you're listening, um, you've got to get to the website very quickly. It's jinxandela.com. Um, 
we are all we always like plan a big week in Seattle where we're going to like really go big in Seattle because even though Dale is from New England and I'm from Portland, we both kind of found who we wanted to be as artists and as drag performers and I I dare say as people. We both found mm-hmm. that in Seattle and we've both now moved but we still treat doing the show in Seattle like a homecoming. So Seattle, get ready. Because we got That's a lot fun. to celebrate this year. Yeah. Wait, how are you? How, uh, can, can I ask you a really quick question? How long yes. does the process take? Because, you know, I am currently writing and putting together a show that would potentially start touring or at least workshopping now. And, you know, and I haven't done anything really quite so big. Most of the, the most of the shows that I've ever done where I've, where I've you know, um, where I've experimented and and, and done any type of shows, I've always done some sort of residency. But mm-hmm. with a tour like this, I want to, you know, my question is, how long, what's the preparation? How long does it take to write? How long does it take for you guys to put the music together? Choreography, props, costumes, you it's know. Di- it's different every year, but um, we start, like, Dela and I have already begun, like, mapping out the show premise and kind of uh, figuring out how many numbers are going to be in it and stuff. Um, But then we have to work really intensely, like the month leading up to it. So like all of October essentially is working on the show so that we can Mm -hmm. open early November. And even that feels like a a mighty feat. But we keep getting bigger and bigger with the show. I'd say the writing process with... um, major scales for one of my cabaret shows, that's kind of like we come up with an idea, we work on little little parts of the idea all throughout the year, and then we spend about two to three weeks really intensely working on it and rehearsing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know, how are you enjoying the world of podcasting? I love it. I, I I actually did take some time off with Delta because that is, you know, I've always enjoyed doing podcasts with other people when, when invited as a guest. Mm-hmm. But doing it with Delta has, was wonderful. I did take a little bit of a break because I wanted to just kind of absorb and focus on all of the stuff that has been thrown at me after All Star 7. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, um, one of the things that I'm really teaching myself or, or practicing is to uh, not overload myself with too much mm-hmm. stuff the way I would have done in the last 11 years. So I did take some time off from it, but it is one of the funnest things to do as a podcast, I'd say. Yeah. Because it, it, there's, there's, it's just, it just feels more candid. And, and, uh, and with Delta and I, we have such a long friendship, you know, over two decades, almost 30 years of friendship. So mm-hmm. our, our inside jokes and our able to, our ability to, relate to each other and have that chemistry is you know it's there's nothing like it so it's 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 that it's that one appointment in the week where i get to check up with my friend because otherwise Mm -hmm. our lives are are quite busy or i'm you know uh we're all absorbed in other things but at least we have one appointment during the week or at some point in the month twice a month where we just sit there and we really kind of catch up with each other and and what's happening in the world and so on. So I, I actually really love it because I think, I don't think that, I, I think that uh, aside from just dragging a visual thing, we, we, a lot of us, especially us as older Queens have points of view that are, you know, that definitely matter and, and, yeah. uh, and people, and people are curious about. So I like that. Yeah. I, 
it, it's funny because it's the double-edged sword of success is it gets to the point where like you see your friends, especially your fellow creative friends, but you see your friends when you're working together. Like mm-hmm. I just did um, a revival of Drag Becomes Her with Ben Cram, Major Scales and Peaches Christ. And mm-hmm. it was the first time I've seen Peaches in person, I think in like two years. And this is someone I used to, you know, like because of work, we would see each other like three times a year. And mm-hmm. it was work that got us reunited. But um, it's just so funny. We like that's kind of how life gets sometimes. You have to schedule a project with a person to spend time with someone you adore. Yeah. uh, Speaking of Peaches Christ, I mean, I gotta (laughs) say that, you know, when, um, after after I was on Drag Race, uh, it seemed like there was a lot of queens getting invited, or in my my vision, anyway, in my Mm -hmm. brain, I felt like there was all this activity going on in San Francisco through Peaches Christ, and I was always very envious like you uh Bendela Cram, uh you know Sharon Needles uh Alaska and everybody got to do something with Peaches Christ and I was so in love with San Francisco and you know I consider it to be my second home uh aside from Southern California sorry I'm burping greens broccoli rob I don't know if that anyway so I was always envious of the of the work that you guys did with Peaches, and one and then I got invited to do a Peaches production, and uh, you know I'm not I'm no one's theater queen. I don't know how to learn lines. I'm not very good with blocking. I sing. I can sing. Yeah, I can sing. I'm, I I can sing. I'm not a great singer like you, <laughs> but, but you know it's uh. So finally, I got invited to be on Peaches show, and we did uh, the um, First Wives Club. And uh, and I played the Diane Keaton character, and man, we had to fucking learn all of these lines, <laughs> blocking, uh, minimal choreography, but not minimal for a person like me who never does it. And I literally, at, at that probably on the last day of rehearsal, which we only had three, you know, and, and I just I broke down and cried, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is frightening. This is I'm not good enough to do this. Like this is. And I, I just remember my cast members, you know, um, Ginger Minj, Brooklyn Heights, Peaches, everybody, everybody was so incredibly supportive. And they were like, Raja, it's going to be okay. We're going to write you cue cards. <laughs> and, then, and the cue cards became part, of, became part of the show and the joke because, you know. If I ever forgot a line, I would, you know, I would break the fourth wall into the audience and be like, yeah. hey, listen, you don't get your money back and they hired me. So this is what you get. Let's, let, whatever. Let's keep enjoying the show. Well, that's what I love about Peach's shows. Um, You know, we rehearsed the show to not have any problems. But then on the day of the show, any problem becomes part of the show. And that's what I also love about drag, because drag can be profound and it can be... um, you know, it can be very sincere and very moving and it can be serious and, and impactful. But I think the nature of drag is to be tongue in cheek. So mm-hmm. there's always that there. So then it kind of allows you the freedom to do 
anything and go anywhere because people expect that you're going to find some, like, twisted or, like, bent way to (laughs) do something because it's drag. Because if you wanted to do it the boring way, you wouldn't be in drag, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been been doing drag for so long, there's a lot of parts to it that that are starting to bore me a little bit, you know? So I'm always trying to find the the newest and most exciting, if not terrifying way (laughs) to change it up, you know? And and, uh, doing, working with Peaches, for instance, was such a huge departure for me because you know me, girl. I'm I'm like a I like to saunter in a figure eight, very glamorously. Uh, I do a cold shoulder. I mean, a, a over the shoulder cold stare once in a while. I might swing my arm up, and you know, it's it's a it's a very sauntery kind of you know sexy lounge act. That's that's my thing. And you know, especially in America, you get lazy because all you just collect money while you mix in someone else's song. So. Uh, you know, it, 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 I, I have to sometimes challenge myself. I have to take myself to a to a place of the people that I admire. I, I love what you do, and I would like to know how that's done and the best way to do it is well, really just kind of throw yourself in it until you break down. And cry. I have to say, <laughs> I think that that really works for you. And what I'd say about peaches, and if you ever wanted to work with peaches again, um, first of all, no, now, you, no, <laughs> now you've done it once, but what really works is you've got to find that movie, that cult film that's like so important to you and mm-hmm. th- that you want to share with the drag loving audience and then yeah. go to peaches with that film and have her build it around you, you know, cause then I, I feel like you'd have a you are when you're passionate about something nothing can stop you and I want to say you know watching you on All Star 7 you were just saying sometimes you got to challenge yourself you like you were constantly saying things like oh well this isn't my this isn't the like thing that I'm known for but let's give it a shot and then you'd like knock it out of the park like snatch game Amazing. The acting challenge. You won the acting challenge. You you continually challenged yourself on All Star 7 with things that you said weren't your strengths, but then did really, really well. And I think that is the attitude we were talking about earlier, where if this isn't going to work, fine, we'll find out some other way to make it work. Because whatever. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful to surprise yourself. I mean, yeah. always, you know, like, oh, my God, I just fucking did that. That is great, you know. Or, yeah. oh, my God, what I thought was going to be so wonderful didn't go as well as I thought. And that's that's its own surprise. And that's its own learning experience and humbling yeah. part of what we do. You know, not, not everything not everything always works out. And when it does, it, it is really quite wonderful. You know, so. Anyway, <laughs> I still think I, I still, well, well I, I texted you what weeks ago. I was really stoned and I'm like, oh my God, I think me and she should do a show together. I still don't object to that. I still think that we should do like at least like four cities together. Yeah, let's, let's try that. Four cities, we'll call it Sister Witches. Um, we'll, we'll do all our moodiest, um, Mm -hmm. most esoteric avant-garde, um, witchy numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. it just makes sense. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because I think about you and I as archetypes and we are very, very, very different archetypes, but we have similar, like we have similar roots. We have similar, we have a lot of parallels for being very, very different people. And it's, it's always made me feel very connected with you. And I got to say, you know, like, even though um, when we were filming All-Star 7, it's like we weren't always next to each other or doing things together. But I always felt like, well, at least Raja and I are here together. You know, like, <laughs> some of the, I mean, like, half the cast had already done Drag Race, like, three times. So <laughs> it was totally. like, at least Raja's here. Like, she remembers the old days. She, rem- <laughs> she remembers the old crew. Now, um, I want to know, like, what have the girls from season three, what have they been saying um, after All-Star 7? Have you reconnected with anyone from your past? I've got to say, I've been getting text messages. Some people have been coming out of the woodwork. I, like, had to scroll (laughs) up in conversations to be like, what? Who is this person? (laughs) No, I actually, I haven't gotten a whole whole lot of um, outrage, Manila, just like text messages, really. Uh, And of course, Delta, we were together in West Hollywood, and she was just like, wow, congratulations. And and a a lot of the similar things that most of people have been saying, which is like, it's really nice for people to get to see you again and see what you do. And everyone has been very, quite congratulatory and very, very sweet about it. So, yeah, yeah, it's nice. With... With um, the key to the palace, um, with this jet fuel in your engines, where yeah. um, you've talked a little bit about putting together a tour, um, working on a on a larger scale show. What are uh, uh, we've got the wine to look forward to, right? The the Sauvignon Blanc is yeah. is that yeah. out yet, or is it still around the corner? It is around the corner, and I'm very excited about it. In fact, in a few days, we're going to be shooting the campaign for it, which, you know, should be very somewhere between biblical biblical and bacchanal. <sighs> Those are brilliant <laughs> references for wine. Um, you exactly. know, because Dionysus was the god of wine and also the patron god of, like, human... Um, Human levity. I can't remember the technical term, but he was the party god, you know. He was. Yeah, the, my, he was the, the, <laughs> the mood board. The mood board in my head somehow involves Caravaggio, and then maybe a touch of that like audio animatronic show at Caesar's Palace when you go into the mall, <laughs> and like the gods and goddesses like start moving in the fountain. Like it's somewhere in between those those two. It's a yeah. It's it's got some chiaroscuro and it's chiaroscuro and kitsch. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just coming up with a lot of like fun ideas and really utilizing this time and this uh, this visibility as, as something. You know, it's something that I've waited for for a long time. It was like, uh, you know, for 11 years I just watched everybody do all this fun <laughs> stuff, and I was like, well, I want to do it too. So now I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm you know I'm 
capital capitalizing in, in ways. I'm marketing. I'm reinventing. How about that? <laughs> I'm reinventing the whole thing in in a lot of ways. I'm being I'm being a lot more um, uh, uh, just sort of more responsible for my for what my brand is, yeah. if you will. You know, I think the term branding really kind of came in season seven with, with the Violet Chachkis <laughs> and Miss Thames. But now that, 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 that idea really stuck. So I'm just being really, I'm just kind of focusing on what that really means to me. And also just allowing myself time to breathe, yeah. to enjoy, to, you know, to yes, make money, but not, not overwhelm myself and anything because that's yeah. when the job doesn't become fun anymore. And I, and again, I like to have fun. Did I say that already? Yeah. Said, right. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I like a lot of fun jinx. <laughs> I have to I like say, a lot of hijinks. <laughs> I can relate to so much of what you um, were saying just now. Um, I feel like you go on when you go on and win, and mm-hmm. then yeah, especially for some of us from very very long ago seasons you go on mm-hmm. and you win and then you watch all stars be this chance to show off evolution and show off um right. you know like who you've become post drag race because so much changes for you post drag race and i definitely was envious of the girls going on all stars and i i think in my most envious moments i was like what so i don't get to do all stars because I won. That's like a punishment for winning, you know? But then at times I was like, oh, I, you know, like I see what they put you through on all stars and like how high the stakes are. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm fine not doing it. So the decision to go on, um, was very, you know, it was like, I kind of, it felt like plugging my nose and jumping in the deep end and just hoping for the best, you know? It was like, well, I could be really cautious and wade myself into the deep end, but there's no real way to do that here, you know? This is a moment where I got to either jump off the diving board or just stay comfortable in the, like, the lazy river. Yeah, for sure. I do love, I love a lazy river. I remember when I was a kid and here, here in San Dimas um, is Raging Waters, which is a really well-known uh, water park. I'm not even sure if it exists anymore, but in the 80s, it was a big deal. It was, it was always advertised that summer. Raging Waters. And they had, you know, shit tons of water slides. And I remember going to Raging Waters for the first time. I was probably about like 11 or 12 years old. And First of all, falling in love with the concept of a lazy river, where you sit in an inner tube in a in a chlorinated in a chlorinated like uh, you know path that takes you through these like you know fake jungles. But you know what else I also found uh, really intriguing was the men's dressing room. <laughs> oh, I when remember I used... that. Remember when you were a kid and you got to like, and you were like, "Oh my god, oh, seeing another life." This was just probably a completely inappropriate conversation, but it was terrifying to me. It was actually, it was quite terrifying to me. I never, I've, I, I, I don't feel quite comfortable being naked in front of anyone, really. <laughs> yeah, same, same now. Yeah. I, I used to feel I used to feel a lot more confident about it. I think season three I was a lot more confident about being being naked in front of uh, a public situation. But 
not not in uh, 2022. No, <laughs> not, not my thing right now. <laughs> I'll get I'll get back. To, I'll revisit that concept later. But right now, I'm cool. It's just being uh, very, very, very clothed. That's the cool stuff to wear. <laughs> Well, Raja, it's just been so nice. I mean, like, we talk about it probably incessantly, but like getting to know, getting to know you, no, getting to know all the queens from our season and getting to call them sisters and the way in which, you know, like it was, I was just always like kind of astounded because every chance along the way, that we had to be unified and to come together as a group and to have each other's backs. We always did. And I yes. I guess, I guess I'm so used to, it's not about drag queens, but it's about the entertainment industry. I'm so used to so many people being so out for themselves mm-hmm. that I was always like kind of shocked when our cast just really proved that we were a group of people who would go to bat for each other. And Bob said something to me recently that really resonated with me and really rang with me. But it's like sometimes the world of watching us on TV, you know, the competition aspect and then the comments and the critiques and, you know, speculations and stuff. Sometimes it can convince you that these people aren't your friends, you know, like the world of being in competition and even people like from different seasons, you know, like one queen tweets something and then suddenly everyone thinks, oh, this is about this. And then and then you get sucked into something Oh my god. And you get convinced yeah. that you're like at odds with this person when you're totally not. Um yeah. I think I feel like that happened quite a bit, but I mean not quite a bit, but there were there was definitely moments where like, oh my god, that's not how it went. And these stories started to fly around, especially like, you know, the stories about between me and Michelle Visage, and there was this <laughs> war and we screamed at each other, and I'm like, that's not how it went. None of it looked like that. But also, like, I feel like our season, I love it. I, I, I would, it would be ideally wonderful if all of the seasons from now on were done that way. But let ours be the template that really shows you what it looks like to work together in drag. When, when you work with a team of people, whether it be at the bar that you work at or a production that you're working on, whether it be your own one woman show that you take on the road, it's always a collaborative effort. And there's never really truly any shade the way it's sort of represented in, in its in its raw competition form when you see just a regular season of Drag Race where people are vying for one title and they're like you know uh, yeah they're they're going at it they're 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 uh, they're press on acrylic nails wrapped around each other's <laughs> neck that's not that's not how it is it's like it's like sis can I use a bobby pin I got I got to go collect some more dollars in a bit you know and, <laughs> and it's, it's it's very much it's it's a it's a sisterhood it's us helping each other and it's us always looking out for each other and making sure that that we uplift each other and that that to me is what drag actually actually looks like yeah yeah and for me. I- it's absolutely like the true experience because you know all that cattiness and that bitchiness and that competition it exists out there but mm-hmm. then you, but then you avoid that bitch right then you mm-hmm. like that's why that's why there's drag families and that's why you, you call girls your sisters because those are the people you keep close but i think yeah. 
you know, really like not just because it was fun to watch and because it was a nice like counter to Mm -hmm. the traditional seasons. Um, It was like a companion piece for Drag Race. It was like its own Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also just think what a perfect time because like Mm -hmm. I get depressed just fucking waking up knowing what's going on in the world (laughs) every time there's some new conservative bullshit and i'm like i can't even believe that there that i live in the same country with people who think and feel this way or who would pretend to think and feel this way for political advantage it's like it pisses me off to no end so if there were ever a time where drag race could just be positive and we watch a bunch of queens have fun and kiki and like lift each other up like now is the time and i'm so i feel so privileged to have gotten to be a part mm-hmm. of that and for having been friends with you yeah. for so long that, and you and you and you also won 200 grand so <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> that part is like I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, of course. Congratulations to that. That's so amazing. Yeah, Thanks. make sure you put, the, put some aside for taxes. I oh. told myself this time. <laughs> Don't worry. I mean, like, it's it's all it, it, it's all good. It's also just so funny being so adult this time um, <laughs> versus, you know, being, I, I was like 24 the last time and had never had any significant amount of money in my life and never yeah. like been in a family with significant amounts of money, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so I didn't know what I was doing. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. uh, I, I I was thirty six at the time, and I won seventy five thousand dollars, and that was still a lot of money for me. I was like, I'm spending all of it. <laughs> well, also the dollar went Game a lot further now. back then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You're like back then a movie was fifty cents. <laughs> five bucks would get you a steak dinner at the Arby's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have compulsory questions that I ask every guest who comes on hijinks. Are you ready for them? Ready. Bring it. First question. Who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, shit. That's a tough one. Uh, it goes anywhere between, like, Lizzo and Manu Rios. Okay. <laughs> I was like two different, totally different things. <laughs> different I just vibes. have a crush on Lizzo because I have because Lizzo is fucking beautiful just and I just constantly. love her energy. Constantly, yeah, I, just, I find her to be very sexy. Just constantly surpassing her own wonderful. Um, you know, like Lizzo keeps setting the bar and then like obliterating it. Yeah. Next question is: Are you spiritual? I feel like I know the answer to this. (laughs) Um, no, James. I don't believe in any of that bullshit. Y'all people need to stop it and Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, read a Bible. 
I don't want it it's in my so house. <laughs> Take your witch that, books. That, yeah, of course I'm spiritual. <laughs> yeah. I I think that question's kind of pointless since you know we basically all studied at the Church of Raja um, for the last three <laughs> months. So um, my final question for you is: What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, always a uh, private dancer by Tina Turner. <laughs> and then uh, always, always, and then maybe something from Cher. I find Cher songs to be really easy to sing and fun because you get to stick your tongue out and go, <laughs> <laughs> I was singing the winner takes it all, the Cher version at karaoke a lot Ooh. recently. I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah, yeah you, get to, you, get to, you get to put on the share voice, and then all of a sudden it seems like like you're in a Bob Mackie and your hair's yeah. down your ass, you know? <laughs> yeah, love it. So, Raja, where can I'm sure all my listeners are already following you, but where can they follow you everywhere? Well, they can follow me on my Instagram mostly at Sutan Amral, and that is also my Twitter. Um, I don't use Facebook anymore, but yeah, just follow follow me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way. I'm really trying to get into the TikTok thing, but still can't. Just can't. <laughs> cannot, cannot, cannot. I keep forgetting to film my funny ideas. <laughs> because we live in the because we live in the moment. Because we James. live in the moment, and we're we're present, and we're experiencing it ourselves. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, thank you so much for making the time today, Raja, and it's been so lovely talking to you. I love you, James. I'm going to talk to you soon, and next time I'll be sure not to be late. Like I <laughs> Don't worry right. about it. I love you very, very much. Take I love you very much too. And as soon as soon as I get to hug you, I might, um, yeah, I might hug you real, real hard. <laughs> Good. I, I love having my back cracked. So <laughs> <laughs> I heard that about you. <laughs> and thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx! To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. <laughs>